Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK show. And tonight's show, it's not a preview, it's not a review show. It's a mini state of the franchise and we're going to answer some of the questions that you've posted in the group. On tonight's show, I'm joined by Naji Karar, Paul Hope and Gareth Ellis. Hello guys, how are you doing? Good evening. Hello everyone. Good evening, gents. Evening all. Hello. Are you looking forward to answering some of these questions? Yeah, we? yeah, we've got some very good ones. We do, we do have some uh, really good ones, some really interesting ones. Some of them a little yeah. bit complex, so we might have mm. to simplify that a little bit. But yeah, there's some good questions there. I, th- I think before we get into the questions, let- let's start off with a little bit of a, a, a kind of a state of the franchise, the way the season's gone, what our expectations are now, where we think it's all gone wrong and how we think it's going to finish. So who who would like to go first, Naji? well i mean we all know it's not been the season we wanted after how exciting last year was um i think we can all agree it's part because of uh, all the bad injuries we've had um that keep happening as well um especially in the covid years we we were hoping for so much better football and we didn't really get it i think I think it's been a good season to assess our team in terms of talent and in terms of um, moving forward for the next, you know, five, ten years kind of thing. Um, There's been some good games. There's been some really horrendous games. It's been very up and down uh, this season Uh, compared to, yeah, last year was pretty much all all on the up and up. Uh, Even our losses when you could... could, uh, it wasn't too bad of a losses every time. So um, not like this year, it's been <laughs> some of our losses against Miami, for instance, or, or Philadelphia, I think were really hurting uh, to watch and, and, and to witness. But um, where we are, I think we're not, we're not out of it. And I think that's the, that's the main takeaway uh, that I had at, at the midpoint or one we're, we're week 11 now. So slightly past midpoint is, even though we, I think we can all agree it's a pretty bad season, um, we're still in it. And, and I think, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm, I'm still remaining optimistic. I think if we can, you know, stop having so many mistakes and shooting ourselves in the foot and winning a few, a few games and still in a couple of games here and now against teams we shouldn't beat because our roster is weaker, I think we could make a push and make, you know, the last few weeks interesting and, and, and see what happens. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. What did you guys think? Anyone? Paul? Let, let's go <laughs> to you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the same as you. At the start of the season, our expectations were through the roof, understandably. We were expecting to get back to the big game. I said it in the last show. From this point now, I want us to be competitive, especially in the divisional games. Um, and as long as we put up a good fight, a good show, like you said, Nadji, let's see from now until the end of the season, let's use this to see who's going to play for us next season. 
let's try a few things we might not have tried. Um, it's been well documented, the injuries, $100 million on injured reserve. But I just want to enjoy the rest of the season now. Lee has touched upon it many a time. We're lucky to have 49er football. I'm taking nothing for granted. And I just want us to be competitive. I mean, again, watching the football last night, bye week, no nine a game. Who would have thought the Cowboys were going to mm. put the performance up the put up Washington? They're on our list to play. Seahawks, the Rams. Uh, Jerry Rice has said it today, and he's probably a better judge of character than me. The Rams game is now a massive playoff game for us. It really is, yeah. Mm. How are you feeling, Gareth? Well, I... I think there's some positive stuff to look forward to. Uh, overall, it has been, yeah, it's just frustrating and disappointing. I think that's been the, the season, just unable to reach the potential that the team or, or certainly the, the squad's, squad has with people like Kittle and Reed being on the field at the same time. Exciting stuff. And we just haven't been able to see it because of the damn injuries. But I think there you've you covered it nicely. There's some... Stuff to look forward to, even though we're where we are at four and six. It's it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? I think we have got a chance of going on the run. And, and that's based on the fact about this time of year, teams start picking up injuries. We, we saw it at the weekend with a few players going down, lost for the season. This is where the attrition of the league really starts to bite. And all our players are, are either done for the season or they've missed most of the season. So... Everyone else in the league will be getting more and more injured. And I'm hopeful that in these last weeks, we'll be getting more and more healthy. Because if we have injuries, it's our second and third choice players who are getting injured. You know, it's people like Jermichael Hasty being out for the season, who was a you know, practice squad guy a few weeks ago. So if we get healthy just at the time that everybody else starts to drop players, um, you know, we could steal a couple of games. I'm looking forward to it. As you said, nine of football. We've got to look forward to it when the... Weather's getting dark and cold and wet. I just, I, I had a, I had a chuckle this morning of watching Good Morning Football, and they put up the in the playoff hunt, and we're still there, we're still yeah, on yeah, the board. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, what more can you ask for at this point in the season? I mean, there's only the Jets that have been mathematically eliminated. Yeah. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you've said there. It's been an inconsistent season, so we haven't really gotten to the floor. Um, some games disappointing, other games you think, well, that, that was fantastic. Um, it, it's not what we all hope for coming off a Super Bowl run. Um, I think we all hope for better, but you just can't deny the fact that the injuries have crippled us. And it's not just the amount. And we, we by far have the most amount of injuries. It's the key players that we've lost. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been frustrating. But something else I've noticed this season for the past two, three seasons, we've all been marvelling at the front office, how good they are at structuring these contracts. And all of a sudden, we seem to have hit this contract cap brick wall. And we now start to look a little bit worried about this. If you have a look, and this will lead perfectly into some of the questions from the guys in the group. If you have a look at our free agents that are going to be available this coming off season, it's quite worrying, really, where we're going to go with the, the cap the roster, how we're going to deal with this, especially with a reduced cap as well. So it's it's a little bit worrying. I'm starting to think that maybe it's all this, how can we call it, this uh, contract magic that uh, Marag Parath 
has been doing isn't as good as what we all thought it was. So that, that's a little bit of a concern, what we're going to look like next season. As far as this season's concerned, I think we're still well and truly in it. Um, as I've said in previous uh, podcasts, I think we need to win our division games. Um, Gareth just hit on the uh, the fact that we are hopefully getting healthier with some key players and other teams are starting to lose key players. So if we hit right at the right time, they, they always say it's how you finish, not how you start. So yeah. we are not out of this by any means. And I think we have the tools, if, if the fit, we have the tools to go on and make a run at the Super Bowl again. Obviously, we're coming up against some really good teams, and if they don't suffer any injuries, then it's going to be difficult. But you can't rule it out. Nobody expected the uh, the Giants to beat the Patriots that season. They went 18-0. Um, yeah. They got to the Super Bowl. They were going to be the first undefeated, sorry, not the first undefeated team, but the first team to go 19-0. Obviously, when the Dolphins uh, had their undefeated season, there was only 14 regular season games. So there wasn't that many games there. But yeah, we, we aren't out of this by any means. I think we can make a run, but we do have to start winning games now. And we do have to start and see some of our starters come back. Um, the, the likes of Sherman, the likes of uh, Richburg, Blair coming back would be a huge boost to the defence yeah. as well. And then Mostert and Debo playing in the same team with Ayok. That, yeah. that, that is a requirement. As far as the who's going to be a quarterback is concerned. If we have the other pieces, I think Mullins can manage the game sufficiently yeah. enough. But only if we have enough pieces on offense to make the offense a threat. <laughs> we've we've no idea how long Jimmy's going to be out. At, at first, the way they were talking, it was going to be till the end of the season. Maybe he's come back for the last game of the season. The way things are looking now, he, he might get back for three games at the end of the season. So... Let, let's see how that rolls. Let's see yeah. how that turns out. Um, but yeah. by no means at all am I too despondent. Even if we miss the playoffs, the the amount of injuries... I mean, we've done well to do what we have done so far with the injuries. And we've had players stepping up, players who have been third string, players off the practice squad like you've already mentioned. So you can't complain about the depth that we've had. Nobody's going to have starters who are third or fourth in the pecking order of the death chart. That's just not going to happen. So I think we've done well with what we've been given, what's been made available to us. Yeah, that's a good assessment. I think I just want to talk about the cap for a bit because I know it's on everybody's mind, but we've got to remember we've paid almost 75 players this year um, this year because of the injuries. So that goes against the cap, and that's one of the reasons um, we're struggling. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll manage. Um, I don't see how the Chiefs have so many big superstars and, and manage with the cap. So if they can do it, I'm sure we can do it too, you know. Um, there's been loads of teams that had like millions of massive contracts and managed for, for a year or two. I think we've drafted pretty well and We'll talk about it because it was one of the questions. So I think we'll be all right. You know, it it's it's only money. It will be fine. I've <laughs> got the confidence. Gareth mentioned it in one of the earlier shows. The cap's going down for everybody. 
Like mm. Gareth said, everybody's in the same boat. Um, I seen on the news yesterday the Saints projected to be seventy million dollars over the cap. They don't seem to be worried. There doesn't seem to be any panic in New Orleans. And like you said, Nadji, we'll we'll get there. I mean, like you said, Lee, I think we've got twenty nine players slated to become unrestricted free agents after this season. And like some of the questions we're going to go through, those players who we would like to keep, who we'd probably like to see move on. So I'm not worried. I've got every confidence in Kyle and John. We've got to remember where we were before they took over. You know, we keep going on about the Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula years. Yeah. I think we're very good to be. We've, you know, let's face it. We've all said on this show, mistakes have been made. Kyle and John haven't been perfect. And we'll touch upon their first draft class and the players. They've, they've learned from the mistakes. I'm very confident ahead of this draft. They'll identify what they need. We'll get the pieces and we'll go again. Okay, let's let's get into some of these questions because there's some in, interesting questions there. Um, there's some questions that we can probably have some fun with as well. Um, <laughs> so what I've done is I've grouped all the questions together where people have asked several questions. I've grouped them together, so we'll answer all those questions in in the same period. So we'll start off with um, the questions from Connor Ryan. So the first question is: If the season finished right now. Who would you guys pick with our draft pick? So, if the season did finish uh, now, we'd be picking twelfth. Um, I'm guessing he just wants the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the first <laughs> round. Um, uh, it's a tough one. I think, I think I'd have to go QB, um, and I, I would get Zach Wilson um, at the moment. Although Kyle Trask is quite high up on my board as well i just think he might need a bit more time to be pro ready because it's his first real starting season at florida so but zach wilson looks really absolutely out of this world um and i reckon he might even go higher than 12 um but yeah i think i'd go qb um just because I've said it before, I think it's our bottleneck at the moment. It's what's keeping us from, from winning games. And, um, you know, if we had everybody healthy and everybody on contract, obviously, um, I, I think that's the biggest piece to, to make a push to the Super Bowl. Um, so I think somebody electric like Zach Wilson from BYU would be, would be amazing. Won't surprise you to hear that I agree with you, Nadji, and he's the name I had written down for all the reasons you've just said. Gareth, uh, yeah, I think uh, no disagreement for me. I, I take depends which one, which quarterback uh, uh, Shanahan's got his eye on, but I think it if we were picking somewhere around 12, 13, 14, you know that's not where we want to be picking. That's that's a rare opportunity to pick up a a, a decent quarterback because you need to be picking in the first half of the draft to to really do that. And I think it's more the fact that we might have that opportunity if the season doesn't turn out uh, to finish as well as we'd all hope, we've got that opportunity to get a quarterback that you that you, that you don't. Otherwise, you get this sort of quarterback black hole where you're never bad enough to pick early, but your quarterback's yeah. never really good enough to win. You know, someone like maybe where Chicago are now, um, but they'll finish yeah. somewhere in the middle of the pack and won't be able to get another draft prospect so that that's really why i do it if we pick that early yeah so all four of us are in agreement um 
if, if it was me making that pick and Zach Wilson was available at 12, I would take Zach Wilson. I don't think that's the pick that the 49ers would take. I don't think no. they'd pick a quarterback. And the reason I think that is because we can't trade Jimmy without Jimmy agreeing to it. So we, we are stuck with Jimmy through 2021 unless he turns around and says, yes, you can trade us. That's his oh, we contract. Can cut him, right? <laughs> we can cut him, but I can't see that happening. No, I don't. I, and that's why I mentioned Trask, because if he does need indeed a year or two to be pro-ready, like Pat Mahomes did, um, and learn, if we can restructure Jimmy's contract and draft somebody like him or some, somebody like Trey Lance from North Dakota, um, would, we will need time to learn the NFL system. That's that's not a bad shout either. Um, because, I mean, let's face it, Jimmy's, Jimmy's still a good quarterback, uh, I think. He's, you know, and it, it looks like, I don't know if you guys heard about Kyle talking about it, but Kyle, plain and simple, said he expects him to start next year, which, you, you know, is obviously what he's going to say, but, but I believe him. Um, when he says it, uh, you know, the... I think the winning percentage is, speaks for itself and everybody in the building knows that we've got more chance to win with Jimmy than without. So so I think it's, I don't have a problem, you know, maybe even drafting a QB later if it's a prospect, somebody that can turn into a, a superstar like, like Mahomes with, with, you know, a bit of time and a bit thrown in the deep end uh, and, and then never recover confidence-wise or something, you know. Yeah. Okay, so on to the next question. What's your favourite advert when the games are on Game Pass? <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I do enjoy the adverts, although all of the food ones are very difficult to watch when you're hungry. And there's <laughs> so many of them, it's it's very difficult. Uh, I have a little something for the farmer's insurance advert, just because the jingle makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, and I, I find them quite funny usually, so uh, I'll go with those. Uh, we are farmers. That there's a plug for you, Lee. Get that on there. Get the podcast. <laughs> yeah, some sponsorship. Some sponsorship. Yeah. So I've got to say, I, I don't have any preference about the advert as long as it doesn't come with a warning of rectal bleeding or immediate <laughs> death. Then I don't care. <laughs> Because yeah, these are some very strange. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely loads of bad ones, uh, like any other adverts. I did like <laughs> the Bud Light ones last year, the Dilly Dilly and the Pit of Misery, yeah. but I don't yeah. think I'd find them quite as good this year. <laughs> no, because it feels as though we're in the Pit of Misery and we have been since game two. Yeah. Do you have I, any I preference, like, Gareth? I just enjoy all the big truck adverts. <laughs> yeah, big trucker, are you? Big trucks. <laughs> a big mother trucker. <laughs> okay. or some such. So yeah. on to the third question from Connor. You've just finished high school and you're picking what college you're going to. What college and why and what position do you play? That's a really tough one. Um, I've settled on playing safety at LSU uh, just because I think that gives you the best chance to actually be successful in the NFL. Uh, it's called DBU for a reason. Um, so I'll go with that, although I wouldn't mind playing running back at Oregon because uh, that would be quite cool. Uh, but but I've, I've taken 
yeah, safety at Louisiana State University. Gareth, what, what, what's your <laughs> college of choice? That open to me as we first <laughs> absolutely, absolutely no idea. Um, I'm not, I'm, I don't really fully follow the college game at all. So um, I was just trying to think of what, what American city might be quite nice to go to college in, in terms of partying. And yeah, San Francisco's good. So Stanford say, keep Lee happy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Well, my answer is slightly different to Nadji because I don't watch a lot of college football, but I loved Friday Night Lights, the TV series, and they played <laughs> one of the finals at the Texas Longhorn Stadium. So I think Ooh. I would definitely say the Texas Longhorns. I would obviously say QB, but I'm more Matt Saracen than Jason Street, so that's the <laughs> college I would plump for. <laughs> so I thought you were going to stay in my thunder there, but you didn't quite do it, so I'm glad. So the college I would go for would be Blue Mountain State. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the backup quarterback and I'd go and live in the courthouse. <laughs> okay, on to the next question. And the next set of questions come from Gary Parks. A serious question to start off with. Should the 49ers reconsider reconsider no should the 49ers consider re-signing Sherman to play safety now that Mosley and Verrett are looking like a potentially very good co- cornerback pair assuming they are both re-signed that sounds like Nadji's area of expertise to it definitely uh, I would 100% resign Sherman but not to play safety uh, I would sign him to play corner uh, just because I think that's what he wants to do. I don't think he'll want to move to safety. We talked about it, I think, at the beginning of this year where we we had an incline that that might happen and it wasn't even mentioned by the Niners or anybody. So No, I, I would... think Sherman mentioned it. He did, and yeah. Then did I think the next day, Shanahan was asked about it and he went, no, he's a cornerback and shut yeah. it down right away. Fair enough. I mean, I've... I'd have to talk to Richard about it, I think. But if he was, if he wanted to play safety, and I, I mean, I would just resign Chairman and go from there. Um, that's what that's what I would do. I, I think having him on your team is much better than not. And if people are questioning that, just remember the, how many years he played against us and how much it hurt us. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd resign him. Yeah, I'd resign him as well. Later, I think you might you might need to be a bit more team friendly on the on the deal. Um, He's very yeah. team friendly as it is. Um, yeah. I think it, so. It is. Yeah, but, he uh, is. Yeah. You know, if he's going to miss games because when you get older, you get more, you get injured. Not not necessarily yeah. more, but it takes you longer to recover from an injury. So for sure. Um, and I think everyone will have to next year because stuff. Uh, I would I would resign him not just because of performance. Um, and I know people think he's 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 playing less good than he was, and obviously he is because he's not as fast, and you know age does catch up with you eventually. But I've, I think he's just a presence in a locker room and on the field, and he's a mentor for for a lot of people. He's he's a driving force, and and he's also just just a nice guy to have as in your community. Um, you know, he seems to do a lot for not just for the team, but for everybody around it. Uh, I think he's just, he's going to be one of those great NFL guys. And I think having him in a building for as long as possible. And even, you know, he said on a podcast with Collinsworth that he wants to become a GM. So yeah, I, you might imagine having Sherman as a GM in, 
15, 20 years if, you know, um, if John Lynch moves on from us eventually or, or, or whatever. I think that would be, he's quite a figure in the NFL and, you know, it's good to have people like him. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, he's been one, for me, he's one of the best corners in the game. And he's the kind of person the team want around the culture we've created. And like Gareth said, team-friendly deal. I don't think there's any discussion for not having him back unless Lee comes in now and says no. <laughs> no, not at all. I think I completely agree with the way Gary has actually structured the question. I would re-sign him to play safety. And I'll keep... I'll try to re-sign both Mosley and Verrett. And I, the reason I think that will work is that's what Ronnie Lott did. When when Ronnie Lott was getting on, he, he moved from cornerback to safety because you don't need as much speed and you get to see the, the field play out a lot better from the safety position than what you do with cornerback. So mm. I, I think it's an excellent idea to transition him over to safety. I think Sherman wants to do that. I, I think he's already thought about doing that. Um, I know you said Shanahan shut him down, but I, th- I think that's a very good possibility that he could go to safety. To be honest, I mean, I thought he was going to go to safety this season. Mm. Well, did he shut him down? Because, I mean, we, we didn't know what Verrett was going to do this year. We didn't know he was going to stay healthy. Uh, we didn't know whether Spoon would burn out in flames. So it's, now he, he might maybe Carlos change his mind and that's what's going to happen. Possibly. That'd be cool. That'd be super cool. Maybe they were thinking that at the time and, and obviously maybe might think about moving it when he's he's definitely lost a step against the top receivers. At that point, you know, he can't play corner, so it's it's find another position, isn't it? Or yeah. or yeah. be prepared to be, you know, perhaps a backup. Okay, so under the not so serious question from Gary. <laughs> can you rank the commentators worst to first? <laughs> So who wants to go first with this one? In fact, I'll go first with this one. So, worst, Joe Buck and Troy Hateman. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> I, I cannot stand them. It, it makes oh, wow. my skin crawl every time they're slated for one of our games. I just absolutely hate them. The best, wow. I like Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Yeah, I, I, I think they're the best. It, it's a close second, mind. Uh, Al Mike Michaels and Chris Collingworth is a close second. However, Collingsworth always seems to have something anti-Niners to say every time <laughs> he does one of our games. <laughs> but yeah, best Jim Nance and Tony Romo, worst Joe Buck and Troy Hateman. <laughs> Anybody yeah, else? Okay. No, no. I, I think you've, you've covered that for me as well. <laughs> Well, I think Gary mentioned about Slurash and, and Chris Myers. Yeah, Chris, I think Chris Myers is not amazing. I think all of these folks in CBS, second, third team or whatever, there's, there's some really bad one. Uh, I heard a bit of Akib Talib the other week, and I think he's got work to do to be to be entertaining. I actually quite enjoy Mark Slurash. I think he's quite genuine and he just loves the sport and... He comes up with some cracking one-liners every now and then from like right back from the 70s, which which I think are hilarious. But um, no, I I, I like the, the top three as well. It's really hard to rank them. Um, I have a soft spot for for Collinsworth and um, I forgot his name now. Al Michaels. Um, Al Michaels. Um, and I, I think they're, they're my best ones just because. I don't know. It's they seem to always have 
great games to cut to comment and great um like history time kind of like they've got the best plays all the time and it's always very clean and i don't think Collinsworth hates us i don't think he's he's critical of pretty much everybody um I really like Nance and Romo, although I like Romo way more than Nance. I think yeah. Nance, when he was with Phil Sims, wasn't as good. So that's why they're a bit, a bit below. I've, I love Joe Burke and Troy Aikman. I think it's one of the best duo. I don't understand why you don't. I think Joe Burke is an absolute hero. The guy just... Well, you, you've, got, you've got to understand why I don't like Troy Aikman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's a cowboy, fair enough. But then, you know, it's, I feel the same about Michael Irving on the game there show. I can't like the guy, but I also love the guy because he's, yeah. he's awesome. So, yeah, um, I've, I'm going to pull one out there that's they don't do it anymore. But Mike Tirico and John Gruden on Monday Night Football was something different, something else. I really I used to love watching Monday Night. Um, and since they left, it's been dire up there. Um, so I, 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 I think my favorite is Mike Tirico, actually. Um, when he does the game, it's always absolutely amazing. So, um, so there you go. See, I agree with you, Lee, but Chris Collingsworth, I've found him in a different light since I've started listening to podcasts that Nadji recommended. Mm. Since listening to the podcast with Sherman and then listening to him call the games, I've seen a different light, but... Tony Romo is the best one for me. He just seems to have that knack of calling the players before they happen. And I know, obviously, he played the game at a high level. But uh, yeah, no, I get, I get why people are like love Romo because he calls the play before. But like, yeah, it's great calling the plays before. But I prefer analytics rather than you know like telling me what's happening. It's, I, I don't want to be like, yeah, cool, you're super smart and you know football, but tell me why to do it. Tell me after the fight. Explain to me how. It, you know, the guy caught the ball this way and why was he open and why did the... Like, this is what interests me. Like, I watch Baldi's breakdown and that that's interesting to me. Or Chris Sims' breakdown, you know, of plays or, you know, like, when, when you watch the game, you just want to get excited about what's on the field or, you know, um, not when horrible thing, things like Joe Burrow's injuries, like the, the call was pretty good on the field and you just... To me, callers isn't just, oh, yeah, you, you guess the play and it's fun. It's just like you, tr- you have to try and convey the emotion you would have if you were in a stadium, which th- it does well, but it's not, you know. Yeah. Okay, so on to the next question. Uh, the next question will be a quick one because this is for me to answer. So Lee John Elson wanted to know, what about organising the 49 affair for the UK trip to a game? So we tried to do this a few seasons ago, I think this was back in 2017, and we, we had anywhere between 20 and 25 people all going out that year to a game. But because of the logistics of it and, and people trying to get time off at the right time, it turned out that everybody went to different games. So even though we had quite a contingent from the UK going over that season, we couldn't quite get them all together in, in the one game. Um, but that's not going to stop us giving it another go. Um, this is definitely something we've been looking at since the Super Bowl this year. Um, as soon as the schedule came out, we actually um, pinpointed the, the Jets-Giants game as the obvious one to go to. Obviously, it's not going out to Levi's, but it does mean that we could have all gone across for potentially two games in one week um, over in New York. So, yeah, we'll have another look at that um, and we'll try and 
lower our expectations to what that looks like. So rather than having a group together for a week to two weeks, we'll look at just making sure that the group's together for that weekend of the game. Um, I think that narrows the, uh, the window a bit and makes it more manageable. So the next question is actually from Paul. <laughs> so how many times has Natty voted for Fred Warner for the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I, I imagine he's voted so many times his phone no longer works. <laughs> well, surprisingly enough, I don't actually vote for the Pro Bowl because I, I don't watch it and I don't like it. Um, I wish it was like the NBA All-Star game. Um, more like a fun kind of get his it just doesn't work. The Pro Bowl is never a good game. It's never enjoyable to watch. Whatever they've done in the recent years with all the city games they played before is just I don't I just I don't get it. These guys getting paid so much money to be there and it's just yeah. Uh, so I don't really vote for the Pro Bowl because I always um it's more of a popularity contest than a performance-based contest there's every year somebody gets snubbed but i'm like what well, how how is that yeah. gonna make it yeah. it's, it makes no sense and then some guys are like a, a down season like like jj wall or something it always seems to go even though he's not playing that well and it's just that's why i don't i don't like it so i don't actually vote usually um sometimes i'll just throw a late vote because i keep getting the adverts and it's doing my head in <laughs> so i'll just quickly feel something but um it, sh it should definitely go that's for sure yeah uh, I, I don't think fans vote should count no i don't i don't think so either i think it should be as i said it should be like the all-star game in the nba which is half half people and half coaches and peers um <clears throat> so that's what it should be Okay, so the next question is actually for me. Who would be your favourite Niner, past or present, to have as a guest on the show and why? And again, this has come from Paul. Um, so I did give this a lot of thought, and it wouldn't actually be a player. It would uh -huh. be Bill Walsh. Oh, Ooh. wow, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, for numerous reasons, not just the football reason. Um, so obviously, I mean, he could explain the finer points of any play design, so it's got to be him. But also, I read a book that he uh, wrote, that he co-wrote, um, and it's called The Scott Takes Care of Itself. And all of the analogies is around football and the 49ers and, and how, he, how he built that team. But the book itself is about leadership, and I think it's a great book. He used to lecture at Stanford University about leadership and how he how he built the organization the 49ers organization and some of the stuff he used to do to basically mold everybody together into the same team not just the players or the coaches the office staff the people that worked in the canteen the people that cleaned up after a game he, he would talk to them all he would bring them all in he'd involve everybody and his leadership style was absolutely excellent Listening to some of the analogies, it leads you to understand that you can learn things from both negative and positive activities or outcomes. Never ever think just because an activity is a, has a negative impact that you can't learn anything from it and mm -hmm. use that going forward. And the way he structures the book and uses the analogies from the football side or running the organisation, it's really good to understand how he actually applied his leadership skills 
to the 49ers and why he was so good and why the organisation was so good during the 80s. So, yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, it would have to be Bill Walsh. The reason oh. I asked you the question, Lee, is on one of the, the Far From Gold podcasts, they've had Joe Staley on recently, and he was so open and honest and refreshing, and it was just a blast. And I thought, I've got to ask, as you do so many of these podcasts, who would be your choice of guests? So I'm glad you answered that. So thank you. That, that was a great answer. No problem. I thought you were going to say Joe Staley, um, because you get the... the you know, the player and the experience and all that. And you get the funny side as well. It'd be definitely a good podcast. So Joe Staley was high up on my list of who, yeah, who I'd want yeah. on, um, as well as some of the legends from the 80s, the likes of Montana, yeah. Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice. But no, it had to be Bill Walsh for me. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, nice. not just for the football reason, and um, yeah. also the leadership. Yeah, that's a great answer. Mm. So this next question, this is going to be an interesting one because we may have different views on what the answer is. Um, and that's because it's subjective. It's, it's up to the individual. Alex Simpson wants to know, what is the best half-year player that's been made? Play? Individual yes, play? individual mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. so I, I was going to say, I'll let, I'll let you have a think about that and I'll, I'll go with the one I have. Yeah, um, I was actually torn between two. Um but I'll tell you why I'm going with the one of the two. Um, so my, my best play so far has been Ajax touchdown against the Giants, where he walked in untouched. And the reason I've gone for that one over this other one, um, and the other one is Raheem Mustard's 80-yard touchdown against the Jets. The reason I went for Ajax is because it was a team effort, or it seemed more of a team effort than what the Mustard run did. The Mustard run was more about missed tackles on the Jets' defence, whereas Ajax touchdown... That was a perfectly executed player where all the blockers kept the Giants defenders away from Ayuk. And that's why he just walked in untouched. Yeah. And that's cool. why that was my favourite player of the season so far. I had two I had two as well, Lee, but I thought you were going to say the same as mine. So I had Ayuk for his leap touchdown against the Eagles, purely because yeah. it was just the wow factor. But similar yeah. to you, I picked the team one, but I've gone for the Kittle touchdown against the Rams just because the way the play unfolded and it was so open and the importance of that touchdown. So for me, it was the Kittle play against the Rams. Fair enough. Well, surprisingly enough, I went for a defensive play because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the kind Fred of mentality. Yeah, I was just about to say, um, it wouldn't be Fred Warner. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not, it's not. Oh, it's, right. it's, the, it's the Jason Vera interception against the Rams um, because to me, it, it's such a great play for him as a person to get back to where he is now after suffering so many injuries since, you know, 2015 or, or how long, however long he's been injured for. And, and I, although I agree that the Kittle touchdown was very important, I, f I think that interception sealed the game and it, it was our best win of the season as a team. Um, we, we beat a very good team and, and that was the, the epitome of, of the game. So, yeah, the Jason Verrett pick. I was thinking the um, Fred Warner interception where he scooped it off the, uh, off the ground in front of him. That was close. That was very close. Yeah. But I, I, I thought, no, nah, Nadji will pick that one. So, I'll have to pick something <laughs> out. I was, I, I'd have to go with the Kittle over the middle against the Rams as, as well. Um, 
but I, it's only because I think the Mostert run against the Jets is quite painful. After the disappointing Cardinals game, that's how we started that game against the Jets. But, you know, rip them open. 80-yard run, was it the first play, second play? Whatever it was, you were like, fantastic. Cardinals game is done. This looks like us. And then, you know, two minutes later, Bosa and, and Thomas are out, um, done for the season. And uh, suddenly, you know, Jimmy's hurt and, and massively deflated. So it's a shame because that, that was a great one. And I thought, right, this is it. The Niners are back. Get the Cardinals game forgotten. Let's plough on with the season. And then, yeah, within a matter of minutes, there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Fred Warner for me then. I'll show him some love if Nanji won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on to your question then, Gareth. The best B is coach and player awards. That's a tough one. I don't know. Um, no idea. I thought Shanahan certainly during lockdown went a bit uh, went a bit feral. Oh yeah, that's right. I thought it's yeah, I thought it suited him. Um, and then I hope I hope I got the guy right, um, Jeff Wilson, who I hadn't seen much of before, um, and saw him on the sideline without his helmet, and he had a quite a, a terrifying beard, as I recall. <laughs> and it, was, it was one of those things where you think, "Who is that?" And I, and I plumped on it being Jeff Wilson, but I'm not a hundred percent sure it was someone. I was thinking, "Who on earth is that?" I think our season must have gone down the toilet for us to be sat here talking about best beard. Well, <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have an opinion on this, Paul? No, no I was a bit. I, 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 yeah, I'm going to abstain as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, then. Moving on. Right. You've got your list of questions there. I'm actually going to scroll through because the next one's quite a long question. Um, I'm going to cherry pick some of the others. So let's let's go on to the question asked by Rob Johnson. If Salah lands a head coach job in the offseason, who would you like to replace him from within the building and from outside? A choice of both. Uh, Oh, from within the building, I have no idea, actually. Um, from outside, I'd like us to hire Brett Venables from Clemson. Um, he's been out there at Clemson for quite some time now. Never had a chance to, to coach at NFL. And Clemson has been a dominant defense for as long as I can remember watching uh, him coach there. They've, they've been absolutely awesome. Uh, he's made people go in a draft way higher than they should have. Um and um, I mean, he's had good players, obviously. Uh, it's Clemson. But yeah, to me, it's Brett Venables, um, Clemson. I, I would love to have him. And you don't Late. have any internal. Uh, to be fair, I don't really know all the structures. Um, I think I think it'd be nice to have, uh, what's she called? Kat, she's, she's an offensive. Katie Sowers. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's offensive. An offensive kind of, yeah. Yeah. So it would be a shame. But. If we could find somebody on the, uh, maybe a female, if, uh, would be awesome to have a female coordinator in this league for once. Um, so I think internally, I think what one name stands out as being probably the obvious choice, and that's Chris Korsarek. The, I think the the D line coach. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think probably he's look, looking at the the internal coach coaching setup. I think he's probably the obvious answer. Externally, believe it or not, I quite like Dan Quinn as a DC. I think he'd I mean, do a good job and he, he would come in with the same system, the same system yeah, that's being yeah. run at the Seahawks. 
that's the the one good thing we would get from him is we would Continuity. probably won't change much. Yeah, yeah. But his defense in Atlanta has been playing so horribly bad uh, for the past two years. I'm really not quite sure that's a good idea. Paul, Gareth, any? Um, I think me no, and Gareth like... said at the start before we recorded. I don't watch a lot of college football, so Nadji's the expert in this area. So I'll go with him. Dan Quinn. <laughs> Uh, I'm a bit like Nadji. I think it was the obvious name because of the Seahawk link, but I, I have no idea. To be brutally honest, so I'm going to abstain from this one. What about you, Gareth? Yeah, well, I've I've got no idea. I, I assume Bill Belichick's not going to be available. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, then on to the questions from Graham McKittrick. Got a few questions. Do you think Debo, Ayuk, James and Bourne should be our core receivers going forward for the next 10 years? I mean, 10 years is a long time for it a football is. player. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be insane. But for the next few years, absolutely. I think Debo, Ayuk and Bourne have been absolutely amazing when they've been together on the field. Um, and, you know, Bourne has grown a lot. Uh, we've not seen Ayuk speak yet. I think I think he can definitely turn into a a number one, like the likes of you know Julio Jones or all those number ones like uh, DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Davante Adams. I think he can get there. And then Debo is just that special guy that can kind of do everything. Um, so uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think they'll need help. You know, if it's a shame Train Taylor isn't playing the way he was, but I think we'll we'll need somebody like him uh, with that kind of like third round, first string, you know, fourth string production that can show up every now and then and have a big game. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm loving how we see the call. Yeah, no arguments for me. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Debo and Ayuk on the on the field together, along with Kittle and Reed. That's uh, that's quite terrifying. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I think it's well documented on this show. We're fans of Debo, Ayuk, Bourne. James has shown flashes, so I'm happy. I mean, I think if they can replace something, they will. But overall, I'm, I'm happy with those moving forward. So I've, I've got a mix of the answer from what you've all said so far. So going back to the question... Going forward for the next 10 years, I agree with Nadji. That's just far too long to be thinking about that. Because at the moment, I don't think either Debo or Ayuk are the type of receivers you keep around longer than their rookie contracts. Um, however, it is very early in their careers, and the next couple of seasons will dictate what they're actually worth once they get to the end of the rookie contract. Uh, more than likely, we will keep both of those. However, I can't say who's wanting to resign either James or Bourne unless it's a team friendly contract. And I think both. Richie James and Kendrick Bourne will realise this and will want to take that opportunity to test the waters of free agency and potentially get a bigger contract elsewhere. But I don't think we'd be shelling out too much money to keep either one of them when we can easily replace them. Yeah, that's true. That's very no, true. Like you said, I think 10 years, yeah, I think we're all in agreement, aren't we? 10 years, no, but for the next few years, yeah. at the moment, we've got other needs elsewhere. So, like you said, Lee, keep them on the rookie contracts. Run with them for the next few years and then just see what happens. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, do we release Ford, Tart, McKinnon, Coleman and Sherman as free agents to help the cap and who do we replace them with? 
Um, what, what I would say about this is, yes, I've released Tart McKinnon and Coleman for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, mm. um, and, and Ford, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've re-signed Sherman mm-hmm. at the right price, and like yeah. I said before, move him to safety. But for, for me, uh, we've said it before in previous uh, episodes, D Ford, yes, he's a great player when he's fit, but we're not getting the value for money, not for the cap hit that we're taking. And you can't continually go on paying somebody that much money and have them on the sidelines. No, I agree. I agree. I'd keep Tart if 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 we could. I really like Jack Whiskey. Um, same again, I think it, it has to be at his value, right? So I don't know what he's on now, but he's on six and a half million. I think that's probably all right for our safety. Um, but yeah, I'd definitely sign Sherman. Even... On a non-team friendly, I think he's I think he's that kind of player. I'd, I'd sign him to to a big contract. I don't mind. He's 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 33. He's not going to be in this league for that much longer. Um, he deserves to be paid. He's a he's a Hall of Famer. Um, he deserves to be paid. I don't have a problem paying Sherman at all. Um, but yeah, I'd get rid of McKinnon. Hasn't shown anything this year, and I know it's it's rough on him. Um, who was the other one? Okay, I forgot. Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, I would as well. Too expensive for what for what he's given us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ford is in the same basket, I think. Um, Solomon Thomas is in the same basket. Um, all of these players that just haven't performed. Jimmy Ward, Atka. Uh, just <laughs> too, too expensive for what they for what they're giving us. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with Jimmy Ward if he wasn't earning twenty five million over over the next three years. You know, it's just. It's just, you know, if you're getting paid for what you're worth, then that's fine. But we, we need to make a bit of room to be able to resign, you know, Fred Warner and Nick Bosser and, um, and Dre Greenlow whenever their contract's up. So, yeah, let's get rid of people that don't perform or don't play because they're injured. I'm only chuckling, Nadji, about the Jimmy Ward because I went back and watched that play you told me to watch. Oh. And How ridiculous like, is it? I'm on the same page as you now with Jimmy Ward. <laughs> How I'm ridiculous like, uh, is that play? It's, yeah, it, it just it tells you everything you need to know about Jimmy Ward. It's just, yeah. It's Remind me which play was this? It's the Kamara screen in in the middle of the second quarter against against New New Orleans, obviously against the Saints. And it just, I've, I don't know who's blocking him. I think it's Traquan Smith, maybe. It's just yeah, it's just get taken for a ride pretty much all the way out of bounds and he doesn't flinch or react or try to do anything about it. It's just all right, ridiculous. I'll, I'll need to check that one out. Yeah, do do it. It's, yeah, it, it'll make you pull your your beard hair out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew. What I think is going to be an interesting question. So Paul Brady has asked, looking at the four Lynch Shanahan drafts. What are your top three and bottom three picks? So this is the one where I think all four of us are going to have exactly the same top three, but different bottom threes. So who wants to go first with their top three? So this is individual picks, right? Individual picks, yes. Okay. Um, I can go for. I can go first if you want. Yeah, well, fire away. I'm pretty okay. sure. Go on. I off mean, you go. All right. Well, number one's got to be Josh Kittle. I just there's just no way you go around that. Um, what a pick, especially in the fifth. 
That's insane. Uh, number two is Bosa. Uh, I think he's shown this year how much we miss him. And last year was awesome. I don't know about number three, actually. I'm kind of torn. Uh, I'm going through the list here because... <laughs> well, it's um, safe to say I agree with you on the first two. So I'm interested to see who your third one is. Yeah, so I've I've got the first two down like that as well. Oh no, it's easy. It's Fred Warner. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to say I was thinking. <laughs> Hang on. I forgot Fred Warner was in there. There you go. That's my top three. Is that your top three, Paul? Yeah, I've got Warner as my third. I yeah, that's between... a, that's my top three as well. Yeah, I was. I was between Debo and Warner, and when I went back and watched the tape, I was like, no, that's my top three in that order as well. But mine's, mine's only different in that... Uh, I, you, you're wrong, I, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. Do it again. <laughs> Clearly I'm wrong, but I've, I've gone for um, uh, Greenlaw over Bosa, and that's purely because Bosa was a, kind of like a no-brainer. You know, any, anyone in the, would have picked him there. It was, it was so obvious. Um, so I I'd go for yeah for for Greenlaw just because uh you know bargain in the fifth round. That's yeah yeah that is a good point. So but that's you know Bosa yeah clearly I think is is has been the better pick but it was kind of an obvious pick whereas it's finding these guys like Greenlaw and and another one was was potentially DJ Jones who was a sixth round pick. Um and we you know we've had good service out of the guy for for next to nothing money so uh, and he's another one who'd be on free agency. So I thought he'd been a good pick. So this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> Bottom three picks. Ooh. Go on, Nadia. It's rough, yeah. isn't it? Uh, so starting from the bottom, I think it has to be... Oh. I'm torn between Dante Pettis and Solomon Thomas. Um... I'm going to say Pettis because he's not with us anymore. So there's a chance Thomas can redeem himself maybe next year if he plays for us, which I don't think he will, but he still has a chance. So I'll put down to Pettis because after the first year he showed us and the last two has just been so bad and now he's gone and with the Giants, I believe. Um, yeah, that's got to be the bottom one. Um, then I'll put Thomas, and then I'll put Ruben Foster. Uh, because that was so promising, and it was a first-round pick. You can't really... First-round pick has to be some kind of sh- sure, right? Some, you know, there's not that many picks you, you have in, in a first round. And I get taking a pun, and, and he was pretty good, but he was also very injured, and, and we knew he had problems with the law or whatever. So uh, there you go. Paul, Gareth. Gareth. Oh, yeah, Gareth, do you want to? Yeah, I think I, I'd go with perhaps what we're doing reverse order, worst. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, Ruben Foster was the most disappointing, I think. You know, it's just, you know, that's an utter waste of a draft pick. Like I said, so, you know, Solomon Thomas hasn't performed anywhere near a number three pick. But again, at, at the time, everybody in, in doing mock drafts had Solomon Thomas going to the Niners. So it's it's kind of, it's difficult to say that that was a bad decision. It's just, you know, it, it hasn't worked out for the player. So I'd say, yeah, Ruben Foster is, is certainly a, a poor one as far as I'm concerned. And then, yeah, Dante Pettis, um, again, just hugely disappointing. Um, and then the guy, 
I just remember at the time being quite excited when Shanahan moved up for this guy, Joe Williams, in the first draft, fourth round, traded up to get him. Um, thinking, good, yeah, he's found a great running back here. And of course, we're, you know, we've never seen him. So <laughs> I don't, you can get much worse than that if you trade up for a guy and then, and then don't see him. It's interesting that you had Williams because I was between Williams and Thomas. For, so my order is Foster, like you said, waste of a pick, Pettis, because it was just the way it ended and it didn't throw out. And I was like, Joe Williams or Thomas? Because like you said, Gareth, we traded up for Joe Williams and he seemed to be Kyle's man, didn't he? Thomas, I think at the moment's being judged because he's a third overall pick in that 2017 draft. And you're right, Nadja, I don't think we'll see him next year. Um, but that's my three, Foster, Pettis and Thomas. So that's interesting, that, because uh, two of you have mentioned Joe Williams. So Joe Williams is my number one as the worst pick. And the reason for that is we knew he was injured coming out of college. We knew it was a very serious injury, which might mean he would never, ever play a snap in the NFL. And yet we spent a fourth round pick on him. And a fourth round pick's quite a high pick to take a risk on someone like that. So that that's why he's my number one worst pick. Yeah. My second worst pick is actually on the team at the moment. And it's uh, Mitch Wisnowski. And we took a punder. Fourth round again. So a high round pick. And I can understand at the time why they did it because of this huge leg he had. But to be honest, I think he's been quite underwhelming since we've drafted him. Um, he's not consistent enough at getting the ball within the 15-yard the uh, line. I, I just don't see him being worth a fourth-round pick. And I think we could have, have we, spent that pick much better have than we, that. Have we allowed the punt return for a touchdown since he's been here? That's not necessar- but that's not necessarily down to the punter, though. That's special teams as a whole. Well, yeah, sure. Fine. Yeah. So he's, this he's is just few, accuracy with the punts. He's made a few nice tackles though on special teams. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> he has, but, it, but still not worth a fourth round pick. Yeah. And and then, well, my next one is also uh, it's actually a third round pick, and it's CJ Bethard. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, for a third round pick, I think he's been incredibly disappointing. Um, he, he's had the odd moment. I don't think he's strung a full game together where he's looked good. Um, but he does have his moments every now and again. Um, the prime example being when he, when he came in against the Eagles and he led us straight away on two scoring drives. But other than that, I think he's been a huge disappointment. Yeah. So Williams, Wisnowski and Bethard are my three bottom picks. Fair enough. So on to another interesting, interesting question. I had to think long and hard about this one. So this comes from Ali Reid. How about which one player would you take from the current crop back to 2012 to win us the Super Bowl? Now, when I've answered this question, I've assumed that he means which player from this season and using this season's performance. Yeah. 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 It didn't take me that long at all, so I'll go first. Um, I'd take Josh Kill because if we have Josh Kill or against Ravens, we win that game. Easy. Um, Simple as that. To so be honest, I was going to be controversial and say Jimmy G, but no, Kittle was my player. I read the question like that, someone who was playing and wasn't injured, and I thought George Kittle as well, Nadji. I think you're right. If he's there, we win that game. Kaepernick and Kittle. Mm. 
Yeah, can't can't argue with it really. Kittle, you what know, Kittle's you? A, a game changer. What about you, Lee? So I've got disagreeing. I'm going to argue. <laughs> so I I don't think tight end I I don't think adding Kittle as a tight end would have changed the outcome of the game and the reason it wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game is because we had an in-form prime Vernon Davis on on one side as a tight end on the other side we had Delaney Walker we had two incredibly good tight ends where our weakness was in that team was by far at the cornerback position and I think if we took Jason Verrett on his 2020 form back there and put us a, a decent cover corner in who, who could have covered or shut down Anquan Bolden, then we win that game. Because Anquan Bolden was the difference that day. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. I just think if we have Kill and with his blocking, Kaepernick will probably run around for 200 plus yards easily. Um, I think I, I don't think the game would have been close ever but uh, I I see your point I think it's I think it's true but we we had a good defense back then um, we did have good defense we had, we had a good offense back then yeah well yeah. Well, if, if you look at the two wide receivers that were starting we had Randy Moss and Michael Crabtree yeah Crabtree yeah, yeah so it's we had a true. decent decent offense decent well we had a Really good offense and a really good defense. It was just that um, to me, it was definitely the cornerback position where we couldn't shut down Anquan Bolden. I can't remember who was playing corner for us at that time. Um, Terrell Brown and Carlos Rogers. Oh yeah, yeah, that would have definitely been an upgrade. Yeah. So that's my answer. So we only have one more question, and to be honest, it's. It, it can be a really long question, this. Um, it, it could pro- possibly be a show by itself. Um, so I'm not sure if we'll get to answer this one, but I'll, I'll ask the question anyway. So Mark Hall wants us to pretend we're all GMs um, with all the many, many players out of contract at the end of the season. Who do you keep and on what sort of terms? So I think the second part of that question, on what sort of terms, it's difficult to answer because contracts can be so complex. Um, and I don't think any of us here understand the, the way the contracts or even the cap works correctly to be able to answer the second part of the question. As far as who do you keep, that just takes a quick look at uh, what free agents are coming up and make a choice. There's a lot. There is, <laughs> yeah. the which There's is why lot. it's going to be a long question. So. Yeah. Do you want to just take a crack at saying who you keep and who you lose without actually going into the detail and saying why? Sure. Um, um, so if, we, if you go on, I'm on over the cap right now, and then you can find all of our free agents. And I, I think you're right. I think we've got 25 coming up. Which is, is it 20, 29 unrestricted free agents? 20. I thought when I was pro my notes, and I thought, wow, 29. Like you said, Lee, that's going to be a show on its own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, quite a lot. But um, we won't get into details like, you know, people like Austin Water and River Craycraft. Let's not talk about these guys. I mean, Trent, we, we can just do it like this. Trent Williams, yes or, yes or nay? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Emmanuel Mosley. Yes. 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 I would too, but I 
don't think we can because he's he's earning next to nothing right now and he's going to want the better contract, which I don't think we'll be able to afford. Yeah, so I agree but, with that as well. Um, I would give him. I just don't think we will be able to. Uh, Kerry Hyder? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. After this season, you can't. No, right. Uh, Kendrick Bourne? Yes. No. Ooh. <laughs> I can see why. Um, I think at three and a half, maybe not. Maybe not. I think I'm with you on this one, Lee. Yeah, I, I think we can replace Kendrick Bourne. I think he's... Too many drops for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. He cost us a couple of games last year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, all right. Jack Whiskey Tart. No. 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 <laughs> no. Not for the money he's going to want, no. Yeah. I think we need an upgrade at safety. We really do. Uh, ben Garland. Yes. I would as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. DJ Jones. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm going to say Gareth hit the nail on the head with him before. Yeah. I mean, he's also on his rookie contract, so I don't think we'll be able to afford him, unfortunately. Um, all right. Jerick McKinnon. No. 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 Sadly. <laughs> Yeah, Steve I think Mullins. we touched upon that in the last show. It's a yeah. bit of a shame. We wanted him to be better than what he was, but no, I, would, I wouldn't keep him. I mean, he's cheaper than Tevin Coleman, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, so if it was the choice between the two, I think I'd keep Jed rather than Coleman, just because it saves us cap, more caps. But, all right, so next is Nick Mullins. No. No. Yes, we need a oh. back. <laughs> We need, you know, we need we need a backup, and Shanahan's offense is complex, and he's better than Bethard. So, so here is my reasoning why no, because our backup is now Jimmy Garoppolo, and our starter is whether we draft in the first round. Well, fair enough. Yeah, if you if you look at it that way, I guess. Then I, I would definitely lose Mullins, but yeah, if if no, yeah, I think. All right, R- Ross Dwelly. No. Yeah, no, not for no. He's been yeah, I, I would. I think he's been dependable when he when he's been asked to. So, because yeah, it's it's easy to say oh, we won't pay this guy. We you've got to replace him then. So you've mm-hmm. either got enough draft picks and and make sure you spend them well, or you've got to pay similar money to get get somebody from somewhere else. And well, with, with draft with capital in it, people can't throw around contracts any more than we can. That's true. You know, if we can't afford whatever a guy like him might ask. No other team can afford that figure either. So, sure. yeah, could but point. we did draft Charlie Warner, so I'm just thinking, yeah, draft I mean, another we... one and, and go with four and, and keep Jordan Reed basically. But, but you know, he, he knows the offense now, and he's I can't sure. think of a time when he's really sort of let let the side down or, or been exposed. So that's true. Good point. Still so, saying no, Gareth. <laughs> 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 Next, I've got Carl Juszczyk. Yes. 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 Shadow. Just pay the man. Yeah. Um, Marcel Harris? No. 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 Dean Jordan? No. No. Uh, Grasso? No. 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 K1 Williams? Yes, but I don't yes. think we can afford him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've, I've, yeah, I think we need him. Although, ju- 
Taylor, Julian Ta- Jamal Taylor has been playing really, really well. So, well, that's it. It's coming up soon. So. That'll make that decision. I think that the K one might go if if uh, if Taylor if can, yeah. finishes the season well. And he's way cheaper, so yeah, totally. Uh, Trent I, I, I Taylor got... is next. Sorry, no. go for it. I, I was going to say when Mark asked a question about terms. After all these people, I was like, yes, team friendly. Yes, team friendly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the dream. But, <laughs> so <I have> to... <laughs> yeah. but you just got to assume they, they're going to command whatever, they, at least whatever they're earning now. So yeah, uh, just look at the figure now and just like, at that price now, it's too expensive. Um, I don't. I think if K1 Williams stays on 3 million a year, then yeah, but I don't think he will. No. I mean, who knows? He's 30, so it's possible. Uh, Trent Taylor, no. So yeah, I'm gonna say no. I said no, and I'm disappointed. Yeah, 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 it is a shame, big shame. But we we have to be we have to be ruthless sometimes, otherwise you're just yeah. never gonna get better, aren't you? It's just the uh, nature of the game. Um, so Jamal Taylor is next. No. Jamal Taylor, yeah. yeah. Jamal, yeah, the the cornerback. Um, if we keep Williams, then no. If if not, then yes. It's I think either or, right? Yeah. Am I That's right in thinking that Jamal Taylor's uh, thirty-three? Of course, turns thirty-four next year. Really? He's thirty-one. He's turning thirty-one. Thirty-one. Right. No, they probably can't afford him. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Dante Johnson. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, Witherspoon. No. No. Uh, Table Pepper, our long snapper. Yes. 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 (laughs) (laughs) We need one. Definitely need one of them. Uh, Jordan Willis. Yes. Yes. He's he's shown. Yeah, he has. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say shown glimpses. Yeah. The problem with this question is it's subjective, isn't it, to who? If other players go on, like Gareth said, the movement and but yeah, I would say yes to that one. Uh, Jordan Reed, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jeff Wilson, yeah, if we can, because uh, I think he'll be replacing. Tom. I'm, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Lee. I'll say no on this one. Yeah, I don't we know. Not. No, I think I think <laughs> yes. Wrong again. <laughs> no, there's no right or wrong answers, Gareth. We've all got, you know, Kyle's listening. He's the one that makes the decisions with John. Exactly. <laughs> Don't listen to him, Gareth. All your answers are wrong. <laughs> uh, Tom Compton. No. 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 Richard Sherman. Hell yeah. Yes. yes. CJ Bethard. No. no. Oh, definitely. No. I mean, he's in the bottom three of my uh, draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, River Craycraft. No. 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 Solomon Thomas, no. No. Tevin Coleman, no. 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 <laughs> Ezekiel Answer, no. 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 No, not for me. Joe Walker, I don't know who that is. No. Okay. Austin no. Walter, let's not do that. Joe, uh, uh is the next interesting one. Yes, I'm going to say yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ronald Blair, yes. yes. Yeah. If we can, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. we can keep him, definitely. And the last one is Kiko Alonso, which. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no idea. I don't think you'll ever play for ah, that. So. I've, I've got some more free agents. 
Oh. So Jonathan Cyprian. Yeah, I just didn't. I I, I got it there, but I don't think he's going to play. Um, I think he's got he's earning too much money to be on the practice squad. Okay, so there's one other who who I think is quite important, and he's the reason that I said um, no to Jeff Wilson, and that's Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty, yeah. Oh, I don't have him. Okay, is he free? Oh. He is apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was undrafted. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, I'd keep him over. Yeah, Wilson definitely. Yeah, but so, if I, I keep, I'm keeping Wilson because we we've already said we'll let McKinnon and Coleman go go. So. Yeah, we're yeah, just going to play a free point. agent, Gareth. We're just going to do like what Madden does and we'll just get every superstar out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Just uh, it, it Cook and Arvik. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the whole salary cap stuff is a, it's almost like a huge reset for for the league. If it's going to yeah, be yeah. that big of a hit, suddenly there's yeah there's going to be a lot of, of veteran players and not enough contracts to go around. Or not enough big contract contract. Yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be interesting next year when the when the cab hit because of you, you know, every season you see loads of veterans you would never thought they get cut and then they just get cut and they're on the free market. You know, I think it's gonna happen a lot next year. You're gonna see names popping left, right and centre and just like, What? They've just cut him, really? Why? Um and I think that's gonna be why, because contracts are gonna be if basically if you don't perform to the level of your contract, you're going to be out. I think that's what's going to be it's going to be happening unless you're willing to renegotiate. It's um, it, it's much more not so much about the ability of the player, but is he value for money on the contract? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you fill your team with a smattering of of superstar players. Ideally, you know, a quarterback, a, a pass rusher, and maybe a running back or a, or a wide receiver. Um, and then the rest of it is guys who are, don't have to be standout. They just have to be good value for their contracts. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, hoping we're, we're in a good position for that because of our reputation has been good with the, with the contracts. But it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how people like Kansas City and Seattle cope with it, having just given their quarterbacks bumper uh, contracts and then 20, 25 million cap hit, which nobody foresaw. So, yeah. Like you said, it, it puts us in good stead for the year after, I think. I think it's projected to be £176 million next year because of, obviously, the downturn. But then the year after, it jumps back up to 225 So I think with some of our, you know, Fred Warner wants pain and some of the other negotiating yeah. deals, I think if we're sensible this year ahead of next year, like you said before, Gareth, it's everyone's in the same boat. Maybe we're in a slightly better position than other teams. And then that puts us in better position for the year after. Mm. Yeah. That, I think that's my take. Having this many free agents uh, that we've all just been through the list, it's usually a bad thing. But in the salary cap, it might be, it might be quite a blessing that actually there's a load of guys that we don't we don't have an obligation to, um, yeah. and suddenly have to off the lo- offload. The only guy who was was uh, Alexander, and we managed to offload him. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, and like, you know, Ford isn't a. Mm. free agent but I wouldn't be surprised if we cut him you know and save money to be able yeah. to resign some of the guys we've talked about you know like Ronald Blair or you know DJ Jones and all these people but you know especially DJ Jones and Kerry Ida they've been productive and you know played 
played I mean, for I, us and not been injured. So, you, hopefully, you know. Hopefully the players understand that taking a, a one-year maybe contract for, for very, very little is going to keep you on a team through this salary cap squeezed yeah. year. And then if it jumps all the way back up to 225, all those guys know that they play well for, for a minimum contract for a year. They're, they're in a very good position to get a bumper contract rather than if you if you hold out, you'll end up on a on a big scrap pile of, of veteran players um, yeah. in, in one season. And then suddenly people are going to be, well, he's been out of the game a season now. Yeah. And, you know, next year is going to be preseason. So all these undrafted rookies will get way more local and, you know, all these players that don't get paid anything, you know, they're off of the rosters by now will actually get more chance to play. Because the, the, the thing with this year, and maybe why the cap is so tight, is because we haven't had the chance to look at, you know, Jamaica Lacey in preseason or whatever. Maybe we would have given him a contract for two or three years and cut Tevin Coleman had we been able to see what it was about. Or, you know, and or, it's going to happen yeah. more next year with a tight cap. It's perfect, right? So yeah, I agree. Yeah, you you want this much money, but we have got this guy that's playing almost as well as you are, and he's on seven hundred and fifty thousand rather than six million. So yeah, I think I think the teams are going to have a way more power next year, and I hope the players understand that they're going to have to make concession. And the first one, we haven't talked about it on this franchise thing, but I think the if Jimmy doesn't re- re- renegotiate his contract, I don't think. It's it's going to be such a hate for us. It's not going to be very team friendly. I hope he I hope he does. Um, so he can yeah, stay oh, I think he's got to. He's he's definitely not going to be on our team with the same contract. He's no. got to redo it. Other that otherwise we will cut him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, Saving twenty five million of, of a, a cab that's one hundred and seventy six. It's you know, it's almost what ten percent. It's twenty percent. Yeah, I see so, a lot of players yeah. being asked to restructure in in a certain way. If if you've got to cut by twenty twenty five million, the the easiest thing is to to go to your entire roster and divide it up and say, okay, it's it's three four percent off everybody. It's a lot of work for for signing contracts, but you couldn't argue that that would be a fair way to do it um, amongst teammates. So I don't I can't see it happening, but maybe maybe a lot of people will be potentially offered the chance to restructure deals um, and that's how you, you 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 shave a little bit off everybody's contract and and bring the same team back together yeah yeah i think where that falls down is if you take uh, half a percent from jimmy's contract which is huge and then you look at somebody who's on league mid minimum and take half yeah. a percent from their contract that half know, a percent from the league minimum is going to be a, a big hit to them compared yeah. to half a percent from jimmy yeah, yeah, I think you, um, you know, you pro rata it to what their contracts are, so everybody's taking the same percentage themselves. If you see what I mean? Yeah, the, the, like you said, thing- I don't think it's coming back on that salary. See, we we all we've all said it. It's been well documented this year. Jim, yeah. you know, Jimmy's going to want that salary. He's not going to be our quarterback next year. I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if he comes back on that uh, salary, especially because I, I, of the number of games he misses. I had a very bizarre left field thought that we'll trade him to Chicago. <laughs> but he's he's, from, he's from Illinois, I think, isn't he? And I think Folds has gone down injured again, and, and Trubisky's obviously not not the man for them. So, 
You heard it mm, here first. Interesting thought that. Like Very I said, I mean, what, what whatever happens in twenty twenty one, if it's a trade, Jimmy has to agree to the trade. So effectively, yeah. Jimmy gets to pick the team that he gets traded to. Which is why Chicago might potentially be uh, be attractive to him. Be quite ironic, considering they traded up with us in twenty seventeen to get <laughs> <Yeah>. Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, stranger things have happened. Gareth, you're right. Yeah, it'd be good to take another high first round pick off um, Chicago. Yeah, I mean we got that draft right, didn't we, in 2017? Yeah, so yeah. that was a fantastic draft. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I think people need to remember when they harp on about Deshaun Watson and Mahomes, eight other teams passed on those two. And yeah. Let's face it, Mahomes wasn't expected to be where he is now. Um, so, I mean, I think that's just a stick Kyle gets beat with, isn't it? That. You know, the 2017 yeah. draft, we had Hoyer and Barkley and our QB death chart, but it was documented that he wanted Cousins and he didn't really do the checking on Watson, Mahomes. He fancied Bethard over them too. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully yeah. we'll get it right in this draft. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. It's been quite a long one tonight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, over 80 minutes. Well, the Ooh, future yeah. is bright, don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, totally. Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes. Um, I have not got my script in front of me, as you can probably tell. <laughs> and I can't remember what the rest of it is. Yeah, check us out on YouTube by searching for 49 Faithful UK. We'll be back again on Friday for the Rams preview show. Um, hopefully by then we'll have had some good news from the injury front and especially from the COVID front. Mm. I mean, last weekend where we haven't had a game, you would have thought we'd come out without a loss, but um, the amount of players that have gone on the COVID injury list has been ridiculous. Yep. And they can only happen to us. The amount mm. of injuries we've had, it's just so depressing. Um, but obviously, luckily enough, it, it has happened on our bye week and hopefully we'll get the vast majority of those back in time for the Rams game. So I hope you enjoy the show. I hope you enjoy some of the answers, some of the serious answers, as well as the not so serious answers. <laughs> and can I just remind you all again that all of Gareth's answers are incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Gareth. Until Friday, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Niners. Francisco 49 is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99, don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time, John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest on the up all time, Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.